What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. Today, I am sitting down with Yagal Adato, and this guy is a legend. Um, so I know Yagal because he is in my business mastermind. And you know, we have all kinds of people in our masterminds, and uh, many of their areas of focus are not necessarily relevant for us. But Yagal has run tons of businesses over the years and recently made a pivot in his career because he was burning out a bit. He wanted to find a new passion. And he realized that in all of his endeavors before where he's coached and consulted, he has been helping people with leadership. And he realized that is his sweet spot. That's what he wants to focus on. So I brought him on not because, um, you know, this is like not a podcast on how to become a better leader and lead your, your company, your organization, your ministry, whatever it might be. I brought him on because I believe that to make a full recovery, to grow in your confidence and your integrity, you must grow in self-leadership. And so I brought him on with that intent just to say, hey man, let's talk a little bit about what it looks like to lead yourself. Uh, what are common pitfalls that leaders run into? Uh, what are the challenges that, that arise along the way? Uh, what is leadership? What does it actually even mean to lead yourself? We, we talked about everything from the beginning to the end. And I can pretty much guarantee you that if you really pay attention to what he's talking about, and if you apply even one or two things that you learn in here, you will take huge steps towards any goal you have in your life, and certainly the goal of overcoming porn addiction. So I know you're going to enjoy this. Um, the other thing I'll just say is Yigal is a straight shooter. So these are not long-winded answers. He just tells it like it is. Every answer is power-packed. And I want to encourage you to just pay careful attention, listen closely. If you're able to take some notes, I think you're really going to enjoy this. And if you're looking to make a full recovery, then you definitely need to listen to this because some of the principles we talked about are just absolutely vital, vital for a long-term recovery. Anyway, without further ado, guys, here's my interview with you, Gal. So here's the million-dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. All right, well, I'm here with my main man, Yigal. And uh, dude, it's been really cool just getting to know you a little bit the last year or so, seeing you make some pretty major changes in your career, and we'll jump into some of that. But um, in the meantime, thanks for being here. So it's, it's an honor, brother. I've listened to some of the episodes. I know the work that you do is incredibly important and just happy to sit and have a conversation with you. man. Yeah, it'll be super fun. So let, let's jump into it. You have been uh, in a pretty niche market yourself. You've been helping uh, pawn store or owners, not to be confused with porn store owners, because we yes. do a lot of porn addiction recovery here. <laughs> Sometimes those words sound the same. Um, and recently, you've made a change into more leadership development, that kind of stuff. Uh, tell us a little bit just about kind of the, the transition, because I think that's going to help set us up for some of the things we're going to dive into today. Yeah, really quickly, because you brought up the porn versus pawn stuff. I'll tell a quick story. <laughs> yeah, please uh, do. I, I was in college, and we're in a in a business course, and we're talking about what we do. And I started, you know, talking about my my pawn shop, my pawn shop, and this is what we do. And the guy comes out after class, one of my classmates. He goes, "Hey, you go, um, you know, is is it good shopping there?" I said, "Yeah, it's incredibly good shopping." <laughs> and he said, "Do you guys have like a lot of like toys and like really cool stuff?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, tons of like really cool stuff. It's great shopping." And he said do you think it's okay if I bring in my girlfriend with me? And I said, well, yeah, why wouldn't you? He goes, I don't know. She'd probably be embarrassed to walk into a porn shop. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no. a pawn shop, P-A-W-N. He's like, bro, for the last 30 minutes in class, I thought you owned a porn shop. I'm like, that's not what I did. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I'm not surprised one bit. Especially when you talk fast, the words all sound the same. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But um, oh, man. as you said, making a shift, you know, I started uh, in this niche business of coaching pawnbrokers because I was, I'm was i a third-generation pawnbroker myself. Mm -hmm. So my father, my grandfather, my uncles, my brother, all wow. pawnbrokers. I had a pawn shop business for 16 years, did incredibly well. And I decided to sell the company. And then one of my mentors said, Egal, if you're going to go into coaching, do something niche, something that you know about, Blue Ocean, Red Ocean, you've probably heard of that stuff. And so yeah. I said, okay, let's go down pawn. And the great thing about it was that None of the consultants did what I did. Um, 
it was very old school. I didn't want to travel. So I did it over Zoom and it became incredible. So I was helping at some point I helped a lot of the associations uh, to be able to grow their businesses as well, essentially their leadership. And it's been a great time, but I realized that Pond is such a small niche that my my mission is to build the legion of leaders so that my daughters grow up in a better world. And mm. I can't just do that in such a small corner of the world. Yeah. It's time to kind of expand. And my belief is that small business owners need a lot of help when it comes to business and leadership. Yeah. And if they can make more and be present with their families, that will go a long way in their communities. Oh, I love it, man. Yeah. And I mean, the reality is when I when I see, I've, I've seen snippets of you speaking, I've heard you share some value in our mastermind and stuff, and you have leadership written all over you. So this is not like, I'm sure it feels risky in some ways, but um, it, it seems like a no brainer to all of us watching. So it's really cool. Um, I brought you on here because self-leadership is a huge part of, uh, well, growth in any area. And certainly for the people that are listening, you know, they're trying to overcome an addiction or they're at least trying to grow in their relationships, grow in their sense of self-worth and confidence. And the reality is you just can't do that unless you really lead yourself. And people are pretty quick to jump to talking about leading the masses and growing movements and all that kind of stuff. But you really can only lead people as far as you're willing to lead yourself. And I think a lot of people bypass that. So um, let's just start with some basics, man. Like when you... Uh, have been coaching people, making them better leaders, and then some of the stuff you're doing right now. What are like what what makes a good leader? What or what what are things that people maybe commonly fall into when they're trying to lead? So I think the misconception is that people say that all oh, leadership is about good communication, leadership is about empathy, and yes, that's true, but that's not where it starts. It all all of self leadership starts with clarity. You have to know what you want. You have to know where you are and where you want to go. And a lot of times, leaders, they don't write it down. They're like, this is what I want. And they just have this like mind game going on all the time. But if you don't write down what you want, have the extreme clarity of where you are, where you're going, and how you're going to get there, it's hard to lead. And I talk about four areas of life. Hmm. I talk about your connections. Those are your relationships, right? If you have a spouse, your family, your friends, whatever that is. I talk about the condition of your body. I talk about your currency, which is the money. It could be your your job, your business, whatever that is, and personal. And then I talk about conviction, which I know that you're a spiritual guy, so that's your inner strength. Whatever gives you that inner strength, your spirituality, your belief, um, whatever that is. And so a lot of times people have thousands of ideas, yet zero clarity. Hmm. So the first thing I do with my clients is we do something called the clarity code. And I actually did this with this guy, with the guys on Friday with some of our guys in the mastermind. And we just sat down to say like, what is it? Where are you today? No BS. Just let's be very, very honest. Where do you want to go? And what's one thing that we need to do to get there? That's it. Just really easy. And what I've seen a lot is that when I go through this with my clients, like eyes open up, some people cry and they just, they feel heard. They feel like, you know, writing it down, it got, they, they took the monkey off their shoulders and they were able to put on a piece of paper and look at it. And either two things happen. One is like, wow, I'm so lucky to have what I have. What am I complaining about? Why am I going down this bad path? Or I've really not been doing the work and let's rock and roll. Let's make this happen. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's the first rule, man. Clarity for sure. It makes a lot of sense. So sorry, let me, just to interrupt for a sec, like, what about on a personal level? Because I'm, I'm guessing this translates whether we're talking about leading a business or leading personally, right? In those same areas, connections, physical health, spiritual health, and finances. Like you can set, you can set goals or have ideas, but the clearer you are, you're saying the, the better you will lead? Yeah. So I think that a lot of times we don't tell ourselves the truth, right? We just make excuses okay. like, oh, it's not that bad. My addiction is not that bad. I don't have one, right? Or, yeah. oh, my relationship's okay. My health, it's all right. We don't tell ourselves the truth. And leadership is about being transparent. Forget with your team, with yourself. Be transparent yeah. with yourself. Be honest. Tell the truth. And then you can begin to lead. Because without that transparency to yourself, you're just making choices, decisions, move that are so out of integrity because you've created this false sense of integrity mm-hmm. that down the line, you look back and you say, wait a second, I'm so off course. Yeah, How do I go right. back? Right. Okay. 
That makes sense. So I I believe that every person is a leader. Like whether you have whether it's a, it's a family of two that you lead, maybe it's people at work. Um, and if you have nobody, obviously you lead yourself. Um, what what stops people from really stepping in? So to me, I, I guess it sounds like not willing to be honest with themselves. Mm-hmm. What else hinders people from actually like leading? You know, because I think that's a scary word. Some people are like, oh no, I don't want to be a leader, or I'm not cut out to be a leader. I'm not confident like you, gal, or whatever. Um, what does it actually take for somebody to lead well? Uh, choose. You have to choose. <laughs> yeah. It's like number one, right? People come to work with you because they choose to stop the addiction, to get right. help, right? Yeah. You have right. to choose to lead. And you're right. I make a lot of posts on my social media about my daughters, my three girls, right? And I talk about yeah. my my wife. And I'm leading for them, not to grow this in, in immense business, not to you know make millions of dollars of uh in my bank account, which I'm going to do anyways, but um, it's more like I'm a family man. And yeah. I have to first start with leadership at home with myself. I've got three girls that I have to raise. Yeah. And how can I do that if I'm not choosing to lead myself first and foremost? You know, I, I told uh, my wife, we had a something happened years ago when we were both unhealthy. Hmm. And I said, I'm not going to allow us to do this to our kids to have to grow up with unhealthy parents that they have to take care of over and over again. It's not Hmm. fair. Hmm. And so when you choose to lead, like really deep down, dive and say, I need to do something bigger than just what I'm doing and lead, you start looking at clarity. You start being more courageous, taking action ways that you wouldn't have, forget even taking action, you start saying no. Yeah. That's important, right? And um, just a really quick, like a PS caveat, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's just asking it to step aside because you're on a mission. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So talk about saying no. What do you mean by that? Uh, I'm a recovering nice guy. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> like, I, in my leadership journey, I always wanted to please people. I would say yes. Um, when I didn't want to, I would take on tasks when I didn't need to. And it took away so much from my self-reflection. It took away so much from the time I need to look into myself that I lost myself at some point. So if you are always saying yes to everything, you've got to stop and, and think like, did I really want to do that? Is that who I really am? Is that what I really, really want? Hmm. Or is it this nice guy trying to please everybody and you cannot lead and please at the same time wow wow what are the consequences if you choose to please instead of choosing to lead yeah you lose you lose yourself you don't have time to work on yourself you when you start picking up a lot of balls you start dropping them and Hmm. so you start being dishonest to some people losing trust i would much rather somebody say hey man egal sucks he said no as opposed to, hey, Egal sucks. He promised me he was going to do this thing and <laughs> yeah, he didn't get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. So um, that's interesting. I, I didn't think we were going to go here. But now that you brought up nice guy syndrome, I think we better hit on this a bit. Because yeah. you're probably talking to some other guys who struggle with that as well. What else did you have to hurdle, whether it's mentally or practically, to start working through some of that? Uh, start saying no. I had to start. Uh, the hardest part was sharing what I was feeling. That was very tough, hmm. right? Because in my relationship, I would just kind of not share. I'm like, oh, everything's okay. I don't want to fight uh, with my family, with my clients. I would just not set boundaries. And then I started to. And even some people said like, wait a second, what happened to the gall that I knew? Like you've changed, right? Hmm. But I chose to change because like, you can't lead and please, as I said. And if you're not going to share what you what makes you upset, what makes you happy, what makes you sad, then how do people know who you are? Hmm. Wow. Right. And so the biggest thing is don't be afraid to share what's on your heart because if you don't share it, it just becomes a bigger burden. Hmm. Yeah. You have to learn how to share. That's a whole, you can't just come up to somebody and, and throw <laughs> up all over them. Yeah, right? yeah. My belief is that when I go into a conversation, let's say you and I have a tiff. My belief is that I'm going to come into this conversation so that you and I leave in a better place. Yeah. Right. As opposed to I'm going to come in and, and rip your face off and say yeah. what I want to say and throw up all over you. And when yeah, you do it that yeah. way, there's a different feeling 
to the interaction. So who were you opening up to when you started doing that? First and foremost was my wife. Okay. I had to be very honest with my wife. It was not easy. I mean, honesty, I'm not just talking about, you know, all the skeletons in my closet. You know, you, you, you work on a lot of, you know, porn recovery and addiction. And I had one as well. And I had to tell her about it. And it wasn't the easiest thing. But once I did, we were able to work on it together. Yeah. As opposed right. to me being on my own, trying to navigate that world. And you're a yeah. much better expert at that than I am. But <laughs> um, my family, I had to start saying no to my family and just be honest with them. You know, I had to tell <laughs> people in my family, like, hey, I don't appreciate the way that you talk to me. I don't appreciate that uh, you're trying to manipulate me. Just things of that nature where people were shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I guess when you've been a certain way and they're used to you bending over a little bit, suddenly you have a spine and they're probably a little taken aback by it. Yeah, because people get used to being you being so flexible. And they they bend whenever and however they want you to. Yeah. Right? Right. And leadership isn't about rigidity. Let's let's make that very, very clear. But it's allow it's it's allowing to bend when you want, when you give the permission. Yeah. Not just somebody grabbing you like Gumby and bending you the way that they want. Yeah, yeah. So when you start leading and you know you're getting clarity, what are some of the things that people typically have to say no to or what are some of the fears people typically have to work through because i imagine in theory like this sounds like yeah you know you just write down what you need talk to a couple people about it and bam you know you're good to go but that's really where the work actually begins so what what kind of obstacles can people expect along the way and i mean i'm contextualizing this a little bit because most people listening have made that decision they're like yeah you go i'm actually trying to get free of porn that's what I'm super clear on because I know that's going to improve my work life, my marriage, my confidence, my connection with God, whatever it might be. Uh, but then once you get that clarity, I imagine that's where the work really begins. So what what can people expect once they start taking those steps? Yeah. So it's kind of like a process I take my clients down and, and we'll kind of go through a couple of them, like the beginning stages. Perfect. So there's three categories to what I call unlocking the leader, right? Okay. One is waking up You've got to wake up to the truth. You've got to be very honest with yourself and transparent. And that's what we're talking about uh, with the clarity. You have to be, you also have to be courageous. Making the choice to lead and making the choice to get free of porn or to hire a team or to be transparent with the people in your life, it takes a lot of courage. Hmm. The third thing is commitment. You have to commit to the process. When people go through their program, if they don't commit, it doesn't work. Yeah. You've got to be very committed to your choice of leadership and set boundaries so that people can't take you off course. An example of this is I did 75 hard last year and it was two workouts, you know, a gallon of water, read 10 pages, take a selfie, certain diet, like all this crazy stuff, right? Yeah. And if you don't finish or if you miss one of them, you go back to day one. It was insane because there would be days where we would be having dinner with my wife and her family and they were staying longer because we were just chatting or whatever. And I just stand up and be like, Hey, I got to go for my run. <laughs> and they'd be like, what, what do you mean? Like we're here. I said, I understand that, but we're supposed to finish dinner at seven. I booked myself a run at seven 30. I've got to go. And at first they're like, Oh, what an ass. Like I can't nice. believe he's leaving. But then when they saw that my commitment was unwavering, they would ask me next time, Hey, what time is your run at? what time do you have to go work out? Right. So when you start teaching people, when you start showing people how committed you are, at first they get a little bit angry, but then they actually support you more than you ever thought. Hmm. But it's only if you show commitment. I'll give you an example. If I'm going to sit here and tell my wife, that's it. I'm eating healthy from now on. I need you to cook sugar-free and gluten-free and whatever that is. But we go out to a restaurant and I gobble down on a, on a Sunday. She's going to turn around and be like, wait, wait a second. What, what happened? You're making right. me do all this work at home, but you can gobble down a brownie Sunday when we go to a restaurant? Like, right. start losing. I have a saying that's lack of consistency breeds insecurity. Huh. And when you're not committed and you're not consistent, those around you start becoming insecure and then your subconscious starts becoming insecure as well. Wow. And when you lack commitment, let's say that you tell yourself, I'm going to go to the gym and you don't go. 
your subconscious taxed it up as a loss. Up, oh, didn't do it. And then you say it again, didn't do it. I'm going to do this and you don't do it. And so your subconscious is tacking on these losses. And then all of a sudden you're going to come, you know, to a program like yours, or you're going to build a business. You can say, that's it. We're moving forward. Your subconscious is going to say, wait a second, buddy. Let's look back at history here. Yeah. 48 other times you promised me that we were going to do something and we didn't. Hmm. Why don't we just stay safe? Let's watch some Netflix, eat some Snickers, eat some ice cream, and, and we'll be, let's not take these opportunities, these chances. Yeah. And you'll convince yourself to not. Huh. Okay. That's really powerful because we, so like I was actually just thinking of one of the guys I just spoke with like two days ago and he's in a new relationship. He's recovering uh, from mm -hmm. porn addiction. And so we encourage really strict boundaries physically in a relationship because that's kind of the gateway. Um, and, you know, you just, you don't want to play with fire. And the thing I told him, which it sounds like you're kind of saying the same thing is uh, when you set boundaries, whether it's physical or relational or whatever, the most important moments are right after you set the boundary because your brain will always test how, how much do you really mean that, right? Like it's this psychological thing of like, as soon as there's a line, the question is like, can I actually cross it? Mm -hmm. And if you uphold it early on, it's a lot easier to build on it. But if you're, if you're willing to compromise early, just a one-off here, a one-off there, like you tell yourself, then you might as well not have set the boundary. Yeah. Is that the same kind of idea? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's exactly the same because your mind picks it up as, first of all, you've been doing something for 20 years, let's say. And then all of a sudden tomorrow you want to make this drastic change. Hmm. It's not easy to do that. And your mind's like, wait, hold, hold up a second. You have to, I think about my mind and I learned this back when I was uh, in therapy. It's kind of like this Knights of the Round Table and you're the king. Hmm. And you make a choice and a decision. And your, I don't know, your business knight stands up and says, you know what? That's a great idea. Let's go. And your sexual night might stand up and be like, that's a horrible idea. We are not doing that. And we'll yeah. overpower, right? Your business night and they'll fight each other to the death and then you'll just go back and do it again. And so you have to come up as the king and say, this is what we're doing from the beginning. Your yeah. knights might stand up and say, this is a bad idea. You can say, hey, sexual night, sit your ass down. Um, we're going to go through this. And so they're going to say, okay, prove it to me. Yeah. Prove to me that we're going to be okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So an example of this is like when I was going through, when I was dealing with a lot of porn addiction myself, my wife was in IVF, bedridden seven months. I'm like, oh, I'll just eat a little bit here and there. Right? When I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I want to be over with this. And it's always kind of like back and forth. But I felt like this, this power rise up and say, wait a second, where's our pleasure going to come from? How are we going to mm -hmm. quench our, our, our physical need? You're out of your mind. It was such a hard battle, hmm. right? And it wasn't until I stood up like the king to say, "Like enough is enough. Let's let's do something else to get that that pleasure that we need internally." Yeah. And so, inside your mind, like you said, you have the monkeys, the knights fighting, <laughs> and you have to sit in a in a place of power to say, "I know this is going to be hard. Let me prove it to you." Yeah, and that's what that's what leadership really is, isn't it? It's it's just taking it by the reins regardless of the monkeys on your back or the knights rising up. It's really, really good. I'll give you a quick example if I can. Um, I had a client uh, two years ago who came to me and he said, Egal, I want to become a much better leader. I said, great, why? He said, because my partner, who owns the majority of the company, doesn't trust me to be able to run the company. I said, okay, what's the goal? He says, I want this partner to just let me do what I need to do. Okay, great. Two years later, his leadership leveled up so much that the partner moved to a different state <laughs> and said, I'm going to get out of your way because you're doing such incredible things. Go ahead and take the company wherever you want to take it. Wow. Send me my checks. We'll meet once every quarter. Send me the numbers and we're good to go. And now he's crushing it. Business has grown. And his partner just said, like, I don't know what you did, but like, go ahead. Keep moving <laughs> forward. And wow. so leadership is as much about trust as it is about choice. Yeah. People have to trust you in that leadership role. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about leadership 
I, I, I want to contrast the two because you're, you're a phenomenal leader and you've led businesses of all different kinds of conformities and everything. Like you very impressive resume. But then it's clear that you also really value your daughters, your marriage, uh, leadership at home. What are, um, what are like, I guess I'm going to ask two different questions here. What's a commonality in leading at, at business, at work versus leading at home where it's like this principle is the same, doesn't matter the environment. And what's something that's different where it's like, yeah, when I lead it, when I lead, I, like I remember one of my old bosses was like, I love working because at work I tell people what to do and they do it. It's great. I go home, I tell my kids what to do and they don't do jack squat. <laughs> like it just doesn't work, right? Um, so I guess I'm just curious, like what would be something that that's similar in, in, you know, all environments and what's something that maybe differs from work and home life? Um, first thing that comes to mind is communication, like just clear communication. Uh, you're right. I know many guys who go to work because they can have somebody move the stapler 88 times and they'll say, okay, boss, yes, boss, no problem. Sure. And you go home and you move the stapler and the wife's like, why the hell did you move the stapler? And what <laughs> yeah. were you thinking? Right. And so I had to communicate with my wife, just really sit. And I think the biggest thing was that at work, um, you will rarely get conflict when it comes to you leading, but right? you're leading and your team depends on the team that you've built. But if you say, this is the idea, this is what I got, unless you've built an incredible culture, the conflict won't be there. At home, you will have conflict. Yeah. And so you have to be able to communicate through the conflict, go through it with comfort and ease, even though it's the uncomfortable, and be able to say what's on your mind and what you want. Now, you might not always get what you want, and that's perfectly fine. Hmm. But that's also the type of team that you want to build at work. I don't want a yes sir team at work either. Yeah, I want right. a, I disagree. This is not a good idea. Why is it not a good idea? Let's talk about it. I want that as well yeah. in my business as I want in my personal life. Yeah. And the best training of that is at home, is with my wife. Because <laughs> I can easily say, like, yeah, that's it. Do whatever you want. It's fine. We're done. I, or do not share what's upsetting me. Right. My wife is going to be there when I go to sleep, when I wake up. If I lose this business, if I make this business, if I lose this job, whatever that is, and so I've got to be able to lead my relationship before I can lead any business. Hmm. Okay. My kids, like my kids, I talk about my condition. I wrote a post about this the other day on Facebook. My daughters don't care if I sold a dollar today or a million dollars today. They want me to come home in a good mood, smiling, ready to play. Right. Same at work. It is not the fault of your team for whatever's happening during your day, right? They deserve respect. They deserve a smile. They deserve a pat on the back. And when you give it to them, your relationship gets better. Hmm. And so a lot of people think that they can walk into work upset or a home upset, vice versa, and it's going to work out. They'll just forgive me. I've had people say like, that's what I pay them to do. I want to remind people who own businesses who are listening, you get paid. I expect the same respect, leadership from you than I would expect from anybody on your team. Yeah. Just because yeah, you own the business doesn't give you this right to act, you know, in a certain way. Yeah. And so, and that's at home. Just because I'm the dad, the father, you know, king of the house, blah, blah, blah. I can't walk in expecting to just be angry, rude, crass, whatever it is. Yeah. And it'll be fine. Yeah. So the way you communicate is extremely important. Um, I also think that creativity is like, it's such a thing that we don't use today. You've got to play at work, play, have fun at home, play, have fun. Right. Hmm. And sometimes as business leaders and as men, because I know this is a podcast for men, we forget to play. We get so yeah. serious. Yeah, it's true. And we forget to have a good time and, go out there and do something that we love to be able to fill our bucket to be able to fill those in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Really good. So um, when you think about like, cause you're obviously you're raising up other leaders as well. And I guess I'm just curious, like uh, does leadership, does leadership change with time? Cause you know, the way people are leading now 
it's digital. Like you talked about creating a Zoom business. You kind of created a business around Zoom before that was even a cool thing to do. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like you're talking even about communication. Does it, does the way you communicate with people, is it different now? Um, what are, what are things that people, are there things that people have to do to adapt to lead well today? Or is it the same principles that are just tried, tested and true? I think it's harder today because when I, I mean, I'm looking at your face and over zoom and we're recording this podcast. When I met you in Austin and we were face to face, there's a total different energy to that. Yeah. And my belief is that over zoom, you have to amplify that energy even more. Yeah. True. If I'm going to be happy. I have to show you that I'm happy. If I'm going to be, you know, uh, strategic thinking i have to like really uh embody that because if not it gets lost over the internet yeah so is it the same the concepts are the same yes i do believe that you have to amplify it more because if i say hey good job man i shake your hand and pat you on the back and you know it's different than like if we're on this call thumbs up bro you know yeah. fist bump <laughs> the screen camera thing um it's a little bit different and so i do think that you've got to lead in a different way for example my clients, most of my clients are all over Zoom. And so leadership is also about thoughtfulness, right? About mm -hmm. what people are going through and being empathetic. And so one of my clients' dogs passed away. So we had, we have an Etsy artist who will take the picture and then digitally make like a artwork painting and then we send it to them, right? Wow. Yeah. And so the client's like, oh my God, that's amazing. I can't go give him a hug. I can't say, man, sorry for your loss. Let me take you, you know, out to dinner. We'll hang out. I've got to do that in different ways. And so that's what's different about today. It's the same concepts. You just have to find different avenues of accomplishing it. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Can you talk a little bit about responsibility? That's probably like maybe the drum that I beat the loudest in our community is like you have to take responsibility. You were just talking about it earlier too, right? Like if you're leading a team and the team's not doing well, it's just, it's maybe more your responsibility as the leader uh, for the issue that's going on. Um, how do you convince somebody to take responsibility for their issues? The way I was taught and the way I lead my life is that it's all my fault. Responsibility is this word that I think that people can't grasp a lot of the times. Like, I'll give you a great example. I have clients who sometimes when they come into my programs, they'll say, but my team isn't doing this. And my team, I tell them and they don't do it. That's your fault. My relationship, my if my relationship gets crappy, if I just blame my wife all the time, right? There's nothing I can do. There's no energy. I can't lead. I can't communicate. But if I say, okay, okay, how is this my fault? What can I do from my end? I can fix it. I can lead. And so if we look at, our lives where everything is our fault, right? Then we can start making moves in order to take responsibility and change it. So responsibility, I think, is comes after admitting the fault. Just saying, it's my fault. Now let me take responsibility and take action. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's not it's not easy. And I'll tell you one thing also. I think as a society and the friends that we have sometimes, we've been let off the hook so much that it's we don't know how to take responsibility sometimes what do you mean by that by let off the hook i have some groups of friends who somebody will say yeah man you know my wife god she's been you know she she sucks and she does this and you know it's just been bad and we don't have sex anymore and da da, -da. And, and the other guys would be like yeah, you know, women, they suck and, oh, it's horrible. And, you know, dude, just, just go watch some porn or like, like, like that. As yeah. opposed to somebody be like, Hey, how are you being the ass in this relationship? Right. What are you doing wrong? Because I know you, bro, you can, you're not the perfect guy. <laughs> and so because we don't push each other to be responsible, we get flexible that way. Another example of this is uh, we have a friend who is always late. I'm not just talking 15 minutes. I'm talking like we're having dinner at seven o'clock. He'll get there at dessert at 9.30. Oh, wow. Okay. Right? <laughs> but nobody ever said anything to him. They just make fun of him. Oh, here he goes. He's late again. Ah, oh, here he comes. He's late again. Right? Until we sat him down and we're like, you know what, bro? We're no longer inviting you to dinner. Because what you're doing is disrespectful. Yeah. And so I'm done. And so I think that because... 
boundaries aren't painted in a lot of places or drawn, responsibility is wishy-washy as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I, I guess another thing that we've kind of touched on that you're especially demonstrating in these examples, Yigal, is the the power of just honest communication. And um, the word I, I'm hearing is feedback. Like, I'm just thinking, talking to your friend, I'm sure that woke him up one way or another. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if he started showing up on time or maybe he just said, fine, I'm done. But either way, it brings that clarity, which we were talking about at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how does somebody like you, who's had nice guy syndrome, how did you even get like comfortable giving people that kind of feedback or having those more more honest conversations with people? Yeah. Um, leading with baggage is misleading. And you've got to work on the issues that you know that you have in order to uh, not get rid of them because we don't get rid of our issues, but being able to control them to be able to move forward as a leader. Hmm. What do I mean by that is raising your hand when you need help, right? If you have a, a porn problem, you call Sophia, you raise your hand, right? Yeah. If you have some mental issues, things that are bothering you, you go to therapy. If you want to become a better leader, you give me a call. And so yeah. I think a lot of times, because we're not transparent, honest with ourselves, and we're not willing to take the responsibility, and we're afraid of judgment, we don't raise our hands for the help. Listen, yeah. I've been to therapy, Landmark Forum, uh, another therapy. I mean, I've done the work because I know that in order for me to lead, something else is going to come up. A great example is when I went to one of our events uh, where Robert Glover was speaking, who wrote No More Mr. Nice Guy. Right. He was speaking and I said, this guy wrote my biography. I said, how much to work with you? He gave me a price. It hurt my soul, right? <laughs> but I knew that if I didn't invest in myself, I would still be a nice guy and that was detrimental to my relationships and my business. And so I found the money. I figured out there was another guy who read his book. I had him on my podcast. I said, how much do you charge? It was about positive thinking. He said, X amount of dollars. I said, great. I'll make this happen. I became resourceful. And because of that, I am where I am today. Hmm. So a lot of the things is that leading with baggage is misleading. If you're going through life with all these things on your shoulders, right? Any type of addiction, if you have some past issues, traumas, if you don't deal with them, you you can't move forward quickly and with speed and agility, you move forward slowly and with like if your legs are 400 pounds each. Yeah. So raise your hand and say, I need help. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I mean, our, our second pillar of recovery is healing of the heart and that's exactly what we're referring to is, yeah, you're not going to make any progress unless you get rid of your baggage. Um and that's true in all areas of life. So I want to switch gears a little bit because we've talked we've talked about sort of those initial steps, um, some of the issues that people run into, whether you're leading yourself into growing a company, growing a team, losing weight, kicking porn, whatever it might be. What are the indicators that somebody is really leading well, whether it's their personal life or it's a team? Like, cause I imagine sometimes you're stepping into a situation and you can just tell, oh yeah, this is definitely clicking. Clearly like the leadership is strong in this area. How, how do you, what are the indicators of that? And I, I guess I'm curious if there's anything that transfers into a personal realm as well. Like if somebody's, you know, full steam ahead, losing weight, how do you know that they're leading themselves, themselves well in that area? The biggest thing I think is that not that you notice, but that other people notice, okay. right? Because noticing something in yourself is, is, is tough. Because you live with yourself. You wake up every single day. It's like when you go to the gym for three months and you're like, oh, I'm not seeing like a big change here. And then you see somebody you haven't seen in a long time. Like, whoa, yeah, like, you, you know, you're looking great, man. What are you doing? You're like, I'm worried, but I don't see it. Because we see ourselves in a different perspective than other people see us. Right. And so like that example I gave you of, of the guy who wanted his partner to let him do what he needed to do, when other people see you lead, and they start to lead, that's a whole different ballgame. Huh. Right? We call that the epic effect. The epic effect is where you live epic and you build epic. And those around you have this like this ripple effect of leadership. Their lives get better. Another example of this, when I had my pawn shops a long time ago, I got on this health kick. I was like, I've got to lose 40 pounds. I was overweight. I'm like, I'm done. 
And I started showing up to work and I would go to the gym and I'd show up. And afterward, I'd, I'd put on my running shorts as I was walking out of work. And I remember a guy, um, and after watching me for a while, he just started doing it on his own and he lost 110 pounds. Jeez. And he got rid of his gout and some other medications. And I walked up to him and I'm like, he's my man. You're doing amazing, bro. Like, what happened? And he said, you know, I saw you do it and it motivated me to get it done as well. Huh. And so when you can impact people like that, that's, again, you're seeing your leadership in action. It's yeah. inspiring to you. Forget to them, to you to keep on moving forward. Huh. It's really good. What else? Like, what are some of the other indicators? Um, and I guess, I think sometimes people are looking, I know even in recovery, people are always like, okay, but like, so they want to know more about me because they want to know if they have the same qualities as me. Like, did I go to school or did I have siblings or, oh, I'm a middle child too. You know, it gives them the hope that like, yeah, I can recover too because we're both middle children. Like that really matters. <laughs> but, you know, are there, is there anything like that in leadership where it's like these qualities? Obviously, we know people have to make a choice. They have to be resilient. Uh, we've talked about communicating. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess I'm, I'm kind of, cause I'm kind of thinking about the long game, right? Like even in, in when people are recovering, we don't want people to just go the four months or whatever the duration is they're with us without pornography. We want them to build skills, habits, and character that's going to last them the test of time. Yeah. And are, is there anything like that in, in leaders that, that you observe where it's like, if a leader really gets this, um, then I don't even need to see them 20 years from now. I know that they're going to be fine. They're going to be good to go. Yeah. So the program I teach is called Unlock the Leader. And the reason for that is because my belief is that through life, you get locked up with different things happening. So I started my leadership journey at 15 for a youth group. That's where I started to learn leadership. Hmm. But two years ago when my father died, my leadership got locked up. My wife's like, you're not the same person. You're not as happy. What's going on? And so the system that I teach is so that a leader can grab the key that they need from the belt of keys, the 10 keys that we teach, and grab the lock and be like, this is key number seven, put it in, unlock it, and move forward. Okay. Because it's not like you're consistently in leadership and it's this euphoria of amazing, epic leadership all the time. <laughs> yeah. Things happen in your life that are traumatic, detrimental, sad, tough, great, and that throw you off your game. And so you have as a leader need to know, okay, this is a situation. Be mindful. What is it that I want? Clarity. Be courageous. Be committed. And do the work to take the key that you know that you need. Unlock that lock and move forward. Now, I tell leaders sometimes that you might be in a chest, locked up your hands and your legs, and then a chain around it, and then in a box. Like There might be different <laughs> layers yeah, that yeah, you have to unlock. Yeah, on there and all that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And then it's submerged underwater like Harry Houdini. <laughs> yeah. Right? But as long as you know the tactics and the keys of how to be a great leader and how to not just be a great leader, because there's so much of how to be a great leader and so little of how to unlock the leadership during these moments, which is what I teach, that when yeah. you learn that, it's going to be faster to get out of, easier to get out of. And then you know that whatever is going to hit me, I've got this system and this mindset of, it's going to happen. I just have to unlock it and move forward. That's so good. So um, I'm putting you on the spot now, but can we go through the 10 keys, even if you can just give us a skim of all all 10 or, or at least uh, some of them? Because I, Yeah, I I'll, give you, I'll give you some of them. Um, so we talk about clarity. We talk about courage. By the way, I start everything with C, just so it's easier for me to remember. That's right. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so first is to cho choose, right? You've got to choose to lead. Yeah. Clarity, courage, commitment. Okay. We talk about the condition of our mind and our body. Yes. Um, our connections, our creativity, our consistency. Oh, we did pretty um, good. So, we yeah. Did pretty so, good on them. Yeah. Yeah. So we 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 cover all those. And once you're working on unlocking each one, because there's, for example, creativity. Unlocking creativity is not easy for some people because right. they've been so like a horse with blinders on and they can't have fun. And we're just serious and we're making money and we're growing business and we're hustling and let's go. And they've forgotten how to do that. Yeah. Right? Connecting with people. Connecting with people is a major part of leadership. Hmm. I had a friend who, um, I have a friend who owns a company with like 180 team members. And he would walk in every single day and fist bump everybody and say, have a great day. 180 people. 
Have a great day, man. Have a, if you need anything, we're here for you. Great day. That's connection. We huh. need to connect. And so all the keys can be used. You know, you might need key number one and three, one and seven, two and eight. But if you can combine them at the right moment when they're needed, it's magical. Yeah, that's really cool. Very cool. So um, in your life, Yigal, like, what does it look like for you to lead yourself at this point? For somebody who's been, you've been leading for a long time. You've been in businesses where you've been partners. So you're co-leading businesses where you are the guy. Um, obviously, you're you're doing a lot of coaching, consulting. You have your programs these days. Um, what what are the things that you're like, oh, I feel challenged in this area. And this is how I'm I'm learning to become a better leader right now. My biggest challenge is home, to be honest with you. My girls, okay. I have a seven, a four, and a two-year-old. And we have sleepless nights and we have, I don't want to do that. And we have, you know, eruptions of crying and then laughing. And so it's, it's very <laughs> uh, unstable in a beautiful way, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And it's one of the greatest leadership lessons. And they're my greatest leadership teachers ever. My wife, if you can have an incredible relationship, leading at work or anybody else is so much easier. Yeah. So much easier. Because that's the hardest. I mean, one of my therapists said, people describe a, a marriage or a relationship like if two hot air balloons are flying together in the air. He said, absolutely not. It's like grabbing one hot air balloon and trying to stuff it into the other one. You know? He goes, it's not easy. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a, a tough part for me. I'm still learning that, reading books on being a dad and always working on my marriage. Uh, because for me, the work area comes a little bit easier because of what you said. It's easy for people, for me to go to work and talk about strategies and moving things and shifting that and even taking feedback. People always say, you go, oh, do you mind if I give you feedback? And my response is always, I've done enough therapy uh, for it not to bother me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've just got to make sure that you've got that thick skin. You can listen and that you can also give the feedback in a transparent way so that you can lead and be able to listen to those who are you, who you're leading. Yeah, man, this has been really good. Cause I think, you know, I'm a, I, I, I said this already, like I believe everybody's born to lead in some capacity mm -hmm. and even the, the language of like unlock the leader, um, that's for everybody. Everybody has the ability to unlock that leader within and to rise up. And I hope people are really grasping some of the stuff that you're saying here, cause this is really powerful. Um, are there any resources? Obviously, you have a book, and I want you to talk about it in a minute. Um, and you're welcome to mention it in this answer. But are there any resources in particular that have really shaped you as a leader? Um, books, podcasts, or seminars, or you know, anyone, anyone, anything in particular? The biggest thing that I've shaped that shaped me was therapy. To be honest with you, um, just wow. really working on myself, talking about what's going on in a safe space. Um, I've been to all the courses, you know, Tony Robbins and Landmark and all these types of things. Uh, but the biggest thing was knowing what I needed, walking in with my therapist and saying, here I am. Yeah. Let's work on that. Yeah. And then being very mindful that it takes time. You don't get six-pack abs at the gym in three weeks. It takes time. Yeah. The therapy was very, very, was a great resource for me. Um. Other than that, uh, the Landmark Forum was was an amazing course. I don't like their business model. Uh, some people think that it's a cult, but the information <laughs> is outstanding. It's incredible. Yeah. And I'm just reading. And so I'm not just reading leadership books. I'm reading books on areas of my life that I want more work in. So for example, uh, Robert Glover's book, No More Mr. Nice Guy. I read it. I dove deep into it. And then I hired him to coach me. Right. So I've realized this. I've realized that the resource that I want right now isn't the broad resource. It's what is it that I'm not doing? And let me dive deep into that subject. Yeah, right. But because you, can only do, you can only do that if you're saying at the beginning, if you're honest with yourself. Yes, yes. So I've unlocked myself, right? I've unlocked the leader and I know what's coming up. But for some reason, my keys are getting rusty. Yeah. Something's going on. I've got to like dive deeper into this one aspect. One of this is a positive thoughts. When I hired this guy who was a positive thinking coach, 
my friends were like, you are an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) But it shifted my mindset dramatically to think positively. Yeah. So now I just dive deep into like, what's not working? Why is this? Why is it taking me five minutes to unlock as opposed to five seconds? Let's figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm a big proponent of that as well. Like when you've identified the issue, find the guy who you know is going to help you pay him whatever it costs and just get it done. And that's worked wonders for us. Um, Okay. I know people are going to want to connect with you. What are, what are some ways that people can, can access your resources or, or maybe work with you if they, they want to do that? Yeah. So if you want to find out about the keys, just go to unlockthelieder.com. It's a free download for for your uh, for your listeners just awesome. to go over what that means, and then connect with me on social at egaladato y i g a l a d a t o. I'm the only one on social media with that name, so don't <laughs> you're not going to find a second. Um, and just let me know that you listen to this, and if I can, you know, be a resource, help in any way, I'm there to help. That's amazing, Egal. Thanks so much for your time, man. Appreciate it. My pleasure, brother. This was awesome. Well, there you have it. That was Yagel, and I am so grateful for his knowledge. I learned a lot in that episode, and I know for me, I feel like I'm a young, growing leader, I'm just learning to step more into that calling God's placed on my life. Um, you know, that's to lead my team. I feel like I'm leading my family, and I'm leading myself every single day, and that was really useful. So I hope it was useful for you as well. Unlocktheleader.com. That is where you can get Yigal's resource. And I mean, that's just a no-brainer. Uh, if you look at the value that he provided today, I can just only imagine how much more you're going to get out of actually reading through the resource, applying what you learned. And if you're looking for some more resources that are going to help you specifically get free your porn addiction, then you can go to thelastrelapsebook.com. And that's going to give you a free copy of my handbook for recovery, uh, literally the blueprint that we walk all of our clients through. You can have it completely free of charge. My gift to you as a listener, thelastrelapsebook.com. But guys, that's everything for today. Uh, my, my last word of encouragement is just do something. You know, it's so easy to listen to podcasts and consume content, but is the action takers who really are rewarded in this economy, in this society. And I want to encourage you just take a step today, you know, take, take action. Uh, whatever that might look like for you is fine, but it's better that you act on what you've learned today rather than just saying, oh, that was a good podcast and moving on. So take some action today. I'm cheering you guys on and I'll talk to you very soon. Take care. Hey everybody, it's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.